Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the show. Indiana basketball gets a win, but by goodness, it was ugly, and they were lucky to beat a very lackluster Army team, to be quite honest, that's not expected to have any success in their respective mid-major conference, but Indiana faced the Cavaliers, found a way to get it done, found a way to hang on and get an early season win. And goodness gracious, it was ugly. There continue to be a number of issues, I think concerning issues, with this IU basketball team, especially if you think uh, what's coming up, and that's a game against Connecticut, who I got to see a glimpse of last night in a game against a really sorry South College. They blew them away as expected. But Indiana, <coughs> excuse me, um, hopeful that they have the talent and the pieces to put it all together. A uh, couple, before we get started today, just a couple headlines when I was looking at things last night, early this morning, after the game um, that I thought really summarized stuff up really well. There was a story from our friend Zach Osterling in the Indianapolis Star that said, the headline now said, IU has pieces, but little idea how they fit together. And the rough road between now and Christmas. In one sentence or so, that is a great summary uh, of what I think about this IU basketball team and obviously the clear schedule of what they have coming up as they still face some real, real, real challenges uh, for this Indiana team. Rick Bozich, who I always love his stuff, we were fortunate enough to get Rick on this program oh, about once a month or so. Uh, he said, uh, or one of his headlines on WBRB.com was, all signs point to Louisville, Indiana, consolation game in Madison Square Garden. I have to agree. I just don't see Indiana ready to play with a Connecticut, the defending national championship team at this point, and obviously Louisville. You talk about early season struggles. I don't know what happens with Kenny Payne. I, I don't know if he makes it through the season. I'm not educated on the, the topic or know the inside workings of Louisville basketball or athletics, but uh, he is absolutely under the gun because uh, they're struggling. Definitely you'd expect to see them in Madison Square Garden. Louisville plays in Madison Square Garden, I agree, uh, thoroughly what, what, what uh, Rick Bozich wrote last night. So glad to have you. Uh, IU football, a tough loss. They were right in there. Uh, took Illinois to overtime in a tight game. It was a fun game to watch because of all the scoring and the touchdowns. But, uh, boy, the Indiana season could mend and fall apart if uh, Illinois goes on to to seal a potential victory on the season on Saturday. Plenty of other stuff to talk about. I've got to mention Providence football. We'll get into that here a little bit later. But historic level season for the Pioneers. They battled and battled against Indianapolis Lutheran on Friday night. I said I thought, you know, I didn't know if I wanted 
season for Coach McDonald and for Providence football, but uh, definitely good stuff for them. All right, let's uh, get into the show, the show lineup and service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll take a look at our Hoosier headlines, the summary of the day's camp, IU and Southern Indiana Sports News. Lots to get to, as you can imagine, IU Army recap. We'll talk IU Illinois football and much more coming up here in this opening segment. Later in the hour, we're joined today by Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com. We will go through last night's game, the low points, and there were a handful of them for IU basketball, uh, but they were able to uh, fend off a historic-type defeat uh, with a great performance from kell Ware in the final 14 or 15 minutes of the game and go on to hold off uh, what turned out to be a very pesky Army team last night. So we'll talk about that and more with Jeff when he's with us. And then later in the show, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board Member representing our area. He joins as we talk local sports. We'll recap the Providence football season. And we are already, if you listen to the show on a daily basis, <coughs> excuse me, choked up today. We are already in the process of turning the page to the winter and to the high school basketball season. So we'll do that more with Chad today when he joins us on the show. That's the lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. How about checking out Honey Baked Ham for a delicious lunch today? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home, as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. All right, let's get into some of these headlines. First and foremost, last night, IU with, I think, nine first-half turnovers that led to ten points by the Black Knights of Army. Army also shot it outstanding, uh, outstandingly from a long range last night, especially in the first half of play. But it was Kellel Ware. He had 20 points, six rebounds. He logged 31 minutes last night. And he really, from about the 14- or 15-minute mark of the second half, took his game to another level. It was almost as if he was self himself determined Indiana was not going to have a slip-up as far as a loss on their record to a school like Army, and uh, he had a great uh, finish to the game from that point moving forward. Xavier Johnson, who I think the gym got really quiet when he went down for, oh, 30 seconds, 60 seconds yesterday, but everything seemed to be okay. He finished with 19 points and five assists. He had 29 minutes. And then Malik Renew was the third Hoosier score in double figures. He had 14 points, seven rebounds, and five assists in 32 minutes. If I just told you the standout performers for Indiana against Army, you would probably feel pretty good about the final result, the fact that Indiana maybe handled things in the game. But I thought really it was more so what Army did on the offensive end as far as their three-point shooting and uh, converting off of Indiana turnovers that kept them right there with the Hoosiers, in fact, in the lead for a great portion of the game. Uh, but just a couple other things. Indiana allowed Army to make 12 three-pointers, and Indiana turned it over 18 times, which totaled 13 points for Army. The Hoosiers were outscored by 27 points from behind the three-point arc. So as we look ahead to what's next for Indiana, I think you've got to talk about Indiana's three-point line and beyond struggles. 
Uh, it's been something with this program long before Mike Woodson arrived in Bloomington, but it's continuing again. Again, outscored for the second straight game by 27 points from behind the three-point line. Uh, Indiana has been a low-volume three-point shooting team since 2017, and it doesn't look like that is going to change this year. Indiana attempted 11 three-pointers, and really I don't think that's enough. Um, 11 three-pointers total uh, in that game last night. Xavier Johnson, also a highlight. I mentioned him, especially in the first half when Indiana was struggling, and Kellel Ware, the uh, finish that he had, those are your two reasons I believe Indiana able to close out the game and hang on and get the victory last night. One real puzzling uh, deal uh, last night, and even in the previous game as well, is McKenzie Mbako. Um, I, I talk about him like he is a star, and I am confident, <coughs> excuse me, at least I was, that he was going to go on to be a star in one season of college basketball at Indiana. And I still feel that way. I still feel like that these are just some freshman growing pains or whatever the, in the heck's going on. But uh, he has not been anything like what I think Indiana fans expected. Um, he's just simply not. Uh, he did not even play that many minutes last night. Mike Woodson uh, asked about that, making some comments about him yesterday uh, after the game. But uh, just some things there that aren't going his way right now. So he's got to be one of the better players on this team. He's got to be somebody along with Ware. Uh, that leads things is from a talent perspective, a guy that's got NBA hopes, obviously, sooner rather than later, but he's got to get it down. It's uh, definitely uh, <coughs> not going uh, Mbako's way, we'll say that, to start his college career between his lackluster performance and maybe even you could say lackluster effort. I think Mike Woodson touched on that some last night on the court, and then obviously he had the little off-the-court slip-up as well that was a negative to get things going. So, Let's hope, if you're an Indiana fan, that he's just in a rut and is trying to find his way through a tough time on and off the court right now. But uh, he's a, <coughs> a young man with lots of potential that is going to have to have a big season if Indiana is going to be able to put this talent together and figure out how to be a not just solid team, but a good team in the Big Ten Conference. A couple other things to mention. I told you Rick Bozich's headline about all things point to uh, Indiana and Louisville in Madison Square Garden as far as a consolation game goes in the Empire Classic. That is coming up soon. Connecticut, a big winner last night. Indiana with Wright State, who I said this about Army, but basically a lackluster team, that uh, middle of the road, mid-major team, should be a tune-up game, should be a game like I thought Army would be where you would get to see lots of different lineup combinations and the coaching staff experiment with some things. But when you're in a nip-and-tuck game and you're down for a great portion of the game, uh, these bye games, as they call them, don't always turn out that way. So Indiana has a chance to rebound, perhaps maybe build a little bit of momentum before they head to the Empire Classic. One week from yesterday, 1 p.m. on Sunday, Indiana and UConn. I just don't think the Hoosiers are ready for a game against a team of that level or on that stage in New York City. We'll see how it goes, but definitely I think if you're an honest fan of this team, you've got to be questioning what that to perform, what that game could look like next Sunday, this Sunday, uh, coming up at Madison Square Garden. Uh, also wanted to mention this big college basketball game Friday. 
I didn't get a chance to watch it, but Duke and Arizona. Arizona actually went in. Uh, the number 12-ranked Wildcats went into Duke, number 2-ranked Duke, and uh, got a victory, a statement, early road win for Arizona. Those big games, even though it was early, uh, boy, that's what college basketball is all about. It's fun to watch Indiana, fun to watch the Big Ten Conference, but these great college basketball games. And, you know, we're just ahead of so many great games with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, non-conference games through basically early to mid-December, depending on the conference. And then we get into conference play the rest of the way. Nothing better than coming home, turning on the TV to a really good, competitive, high-level college basketball game. And that Duke-Arizona contest on Friday, it was a great game, number one. But number two, and probably most importantly, if you're an IU fan or a Big Ten fan, it was a reminder that there is so much good basketball ahead of us this season. And that obviously is very, very exciting. <clears throat> Indiana football, an overtime loss, 48-45 at Illinois. I'm not even going to criticize the defense or really say anything negative about Indiana football. I am very much surprised, shocked really, that they were able to come back last week and get a win at home over Wisconsin. And I think it's wonderful that uh, even against Illinois that they went on the road and, and held their own and had a chance to win and scored at the end to force the overtime. Um, I didn't see any of this from IU football a few weeks ago. I thought the season was absolutely over. I probably would have taken a bet that, honestly, I felt like they would not win another game this season. So the fact that they beat Wisconsin and the fact that they went to overtime uh, against Illinois, to me, I think is improvement uh, from where things were just a few weeks ago. So we'll see how Indiana finishes up. But uh, obviously the Hoosiers now 3-7 and seven on the year, I think. And Justin Kalen isn't producing today. But I think I predicted just, a, was it a two-win or a three-win Indiana team? I don't remember exactly which one, but uh, honestly, they have exceeded my expectations based on how the season started. So I'm curious if you feel that way or not, or if you're still really tore up that the defense fell apart against Illinois, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. And are you even still paying attention to football now that college basketball season is here? I know our conversation of IU football it always goes way down once the college basketball season begins. Let's look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the show. Uh, that is a reminder, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Send us a text on the Thornton's text line. You can sound off here on the show today. And we'll head to a commercial break. We'll be back with uh, our next segment, Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com will join us. We'll talk IU basketball, maybe a little football, but we got to start with Indiana's lackluster performance yesterday. We'll discuss all of that more, the narrow win against Army, coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's my missing for? 
all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. We got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com going to join us in just a moment. The Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, for once, I'd like to see Indiana play good defense and offense in the same game. If the offense is good, the defense seems to sit and watch. That's a comment on the IU-Illinois football game. Uh, from Saturday afternoon. Jeff Rabjohns, Pigs.com, with us. Uh, Jeff, it wasn't a much prettier Sunday for the IU Army men's basketball game. The Hoosiers uh, were lucky to get out of there without suffering a big upset here early in the season. Absolutely, we're lucky. And, uh, you know, that was the game Indiana's favor by 26 and a half points. And the game's tied with about three minutes to play. Um, they needed some big plays down the stretch to win by eight uh, against, against an Army team that lost by double figures to Marist Stonehill. I mean, Army's not good. And, uh, and Indiana did not play very well on offense. They, they were way too hesitant. They did not hunt threes. Um, they didn't take very many threes. They only took three threes the entire second half. They, and I know they weren't good defensively, but, you know, defense, you know, there's certain, it's easier to fix defense most of the time than it is to fix offense. And Indiana's offense certainly is a concern right now. Obviously, it's two games into the season. I get all that. You know, and IU did win both games, so there's no hits on the resume yet. But I think fans were certainly wanting to see something that gave them a lot of confidence um, going into the season. And right now, I don't know if fans have a whole lot of confidence in and what I use doing on offense right now. And there are a lot of different things to look at. I mean, McKenzie Mbaco, I know he hasn't shown a lot in an IU uniform yet, uh, but it's worth keeping in mind that he wasn't just dropped on earth. Uh, he's been here for a little while. Uh, he's played in some high-level basketball games, some high-level AAU games, NBA top 100 camp. I'm going down the line. He, he's proven that if you get him shots, he's going to make a good percentage of them. And Indiana only got him two shots in 16 minutes. Well, they got two shots for Peyton Sparks in nine minutes. Uh, it is not ideal for Indiana for Peyton Sparks to be getting almost double the shots per minute that McKenzie and Baca is, is getting. Um, and then you look at the three-pointers, and it's not, it's not the percentage. The percentage is fine. Um, but in two games, Indiana has attempted 24 three-pointers. In two games, Purdue has made 24 three-pointers. So when, when you're attempting a very low number of threes and really dependent upon post-scoring, uh, if you got Trace Jackson Davis, sometimes it can work. Uh, if you don't, uh, it can get to be – there can be some tough sledding on offense at times. And I think right now, I know Woodson pointed out defensive effort and all that. Um, I get that. I do. But I think the, the offensive issues for IU, I think, are a bigger concern right now um, because if they if they if they're struggling to score against Army, um, what's going to happen to Big Ten? What's going to happen against UConn out in the U.S. here in a few days? I think I think that's the big concern for Indiana right now. Is it fixable? Yes. Is it bad right now? 
Mike Woodson uh, arrived in Bloomington. What, what, what's up with that? Is that just a rotation of personnel that aren't three-point shooters? Is it some bad luck uh, with the, uh, recruits that maybe shot it well before they got to Indiana? Uh, how, how has Indiana become known as a not a three-point shooting team at all in a state where basketball and fundamentals and shooting are so important? It's what Indiana basketball across the state and at IU have been built on over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's, not, it's not that they don't have guys who can shoot. I mean, last year they were, they were top 40 in the country in three-point percentage at 36.8%. Um, that's well better than shooting 50% from two. Uh, that's fine. Uh, it, it's volume of attempts. That's, that's the problem. You know, last year they are top 40 in the country in three-point percentage. Yet they went 354 in three-point rate, which is percentage of your shots that come from three. Um, I think some of that is, you know, uh, a little bit, you know, philosophy that we've seen. You know, um, you know some of it does go back to the Archie Miller era, absolutely. You know, and, and the Woods and last year certainly focused on, on, on the paint. Um, and, and we have Trace Jackson Davis. I think that's, you know, you can make a case for it. Um, I, I still think it would have helped Indiana have a chance to do a little better in the NCAA tournament. Uh, had they, you know, taken more threes, um, just just gives you a better chance to to extend leads, build leads, and cut deficits quickly. And when you are, you know, a 354th in in three point rate, it, it really lowers the ceiling of the team. It really does. And I think they've got to find a way to, to have a chance to maximize this roster, uh, any roster really. You just have to find a way to get to, to get a higher volume of threes. You, you just have to. There, there's no two ways about it. I mean, it's just living. You know, it used to be years ago, people like to say, "Live by the three, die by the three. Well, that hasn't been true for a long time now, especially in the college game. Um, if, if you really struggle from three, or at least producing from three, um, it's it, it lowers the ceiling of the team. So there, there's just no two ways about it. Jeff, so far, Khalil Ware has been the bright spot, I think, fairly consistently for Indiana. I think he's really the reason Indiana able to hang on or go on to win the game last night against Army. You know, there was question about him leaving Oregon. You know, would he reach his potential? He's been hyped as a guy that with his body, his frame, has so much potential for the NBA. And so far through a couple samples, I know it's been against exhibition opponents and lower level B1s, but I think Indiana fans do have to be happy with what they've seen from Kellel so far this season. Oh, absolutely. He, he, he's played good basketball. Um, you know, he's producing. Um, he has a double-double in his first game. Uh, comes back you know, Sunday night against the Army. You know, nine for 11 from the field. Doesn't miss a shot in the second half. 20.6 rebounds in a block. Um, in, in 31 minutes. He was good. And he is a long, uh, slender athlete. You know, he can make threes. Uh, he can make that elbow jumper. Um, obviously, he's fantastic in the dunker spot, has good hands, knows how to go up and just high point the ball. Like the, the first set that they ran, um, when the Xavier Johnson you know, comes around the rare pick, like he's going to be going to the outside, and then just turns around and throws that lob up. You know, those are things where it can do really well. So, yeah, Khalil Ware has, has been, he's been, I think he's been terrific to start. And even though. You know, I know some people say, well, he's going to get pushed around a little in the Big Ten. Yeah, okay, sure. But 
Bradshaw. She is the publisher of Geeks.com. Joining us here on this Monday edition of the show, Jeff, um, thinking ahead to Connecticut, uh, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but um, I think Indiana fans, as you mentioned, have to be concerned about what an Indiana-Connecticut game and score should look like based on what they've seen in these two regular season games especially. Uh, how ugly could it get on a national stage in Madison Square Garden for Indiana if they aren't able to figure at least some of this out fairly quick and make some strides between now and Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's a loaded question. That's a good question. It's a fair one, my friend. Uh, you know, Connecticut's pretty good. And, you know, they've got a lot of different guys who can score. Christian Newton, Alex Caravan, Cam Spencer, you know, Stephon Castle can, can get points here and there. You've got to, you've got to worry about, you know, Xavier at times. Um, obviously, Donovan Klingon inside, you know, certainly, you know, he's averaging almost a double-double, and he's like nine points and eight rebounds, so he's something you got to deal with. You know, they're, they're pretty good. Um, you know, they're not quite the level they were last year winning the national title with a couple of players that they lost, uh, especially, you know, Hulu and Andre to, to the NBA. But they're good. They're good. And, you know, Indiana's going to have to figure some things out, I think. You know, I mean, Connecticut's the top ten and, and adjusted defensive efficiency to start. Um, well, which, which you can really expect with, with, with their schedule. I mean, they played Northern Arizona and Stonehill. But, I mean, they smashed Stonehill. They beat them by 40 points. It's 107-67. Stonehill's a team that beat Army, a team that just gave IU a game. And, and I know it's not really necessarily always good to connect too many dots between opponents, but that, 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 that is one opponent we're off. You know, Stonehill did play Army. IU did play Army.
watching Kings Plate and middle watching play for at least a little while. And there's a chance he watches the season play out. As far as where Indiana stands, um, they're, 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 in, they're in a good spot. They're a legit contender. Um, so is Maryland. Obviously, I think people know Queen plays at Montbert Academy and has for a couple of years now. His teammates with Liam McNeely, I use five-star cadet. Those guys are you know, really close friends. Um, so Indiana certainly does that. Queen on both the junior year official visit and two year.
website. That's dbgs.com for all the coverage of IU basketball, football, and more. Jeff, it's always a treat when we get the opportunity to have you on this show, and hope to do it again very soon. My pleasure, my friend. You have a great week. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. Jeff Radzon, Chiefs.com. Getting us started, and to be honest, uh, not good news right now on IU basketball. We're see, we will see where things go and how they play out from here, but I think you should say if you're an IU fan, thank God the Hoosiers have right state to try and hope and figure some things out in advance of two big games in New York. Obviously, Connecticut in that first game there coming up on Sunday. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Chad Gilbert. Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSA Executive Board Member. We'll talk Providence football, high school basketball, and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill me to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the show. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, with us here in just a moment. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Chad, with us every Monday, we talk local sports. Uh, Basketball season is basically here, Chad, but I think today we have to start with Providence football, rightly so. An undefeated regular season, a sectional championship, and Chad, they lost in the regional, but man, they were competitive and really battled against Indianapolis Lutheran. Man, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Are you catching that? I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it today as well. I think we're okay over the air. So. Okay. Okay. So you know, for the volleyball team to do that, their first sports again was successful. Uh, you know, flipping the hat to Providence, their football team had an outstanding run. They played, you know, that Lutheran team much higher than a lot expected. And I think that I'm not for sure. I think one of their key cards was at that game. So you know, it's one of those who knows what might have been if they're at full strength. But that's you know, that's one of the things in football is everybody battles through injuries. You got to play who you, who you have, but. A great effort, a great season for Providence football, and I'm sure they will uh, jump back in, hit the weight room, and go at it again for next year. Chad Gilbert, my guest, uh, with us Monday to talk local sports. You know, I've been very open in saying this, and I think people know I love high school sports, local sports, and I don't mean to knock anything at all, but this Providence team was refreshing to me uh, for a couple reasons, but also because football has struggled in our area. We get some decent, solid teams in the regular season, and then they have trouble because of how much distance you got to cover in different sectionals, and you're playing Evansville teams, for example, in the 5A sectional. Uh, and Silver Creek's had some wonderful teams, but uh, they've faced some really good opponents here. Central, who's a dominant power in 4A. Your Pirates, Chad, have had some really good years, and 
not only have a good regular season, basically locally, uh, but that to see him actually put a sectional championship run together and then just play Lutheran, who has been so dominant uh, for so many years, and not just compete, but to be within a touchdown of, of tying them of, of basically victory, I thought it was an outstanding finish, even though it wasn't the win, which is what everybody wanted. No, no question about it, Matt. And that's something that, uh, um, that is, you, you can only play who you can play. You can only do what you can do. Um, I think that our area in a whole is, you know, quite candidly, it's pretty weak in football and has been for quite a while. Uh, I don't think, you know, the Hoosier Hills is, since Gaddis has left there at Columbus East, I don't think they've had that type of run that that conference should have in, in football. I don't think the Mid-Southern Conference has had that type of run. And, you know, and Providence is playing it right. So it, it's hard to figure out on that uh, what that is. I think the key in that, we played Providence uh, this year, and they were stronger, quicker, and as well coached as anybody we played all season long. They, I thought they were very, very good this year. Um, will, they, will they sustain that? We'll see. I mean, and that's, what you, that's, what you, that's part of your building your program. I think a big thing is that, is that Matt, is this goes to all sports, not just football, but I really think if you've got to have a numbers game, you've got to have some big kids up front to hit that line. You know, everybody wants to be the quarterback. Everybody wants to be the running back. Everybody wants to be the wide receivers. You've got to have a line up front, you know, that can really move people off that and, and you know, kind of generate what it takes, you know, to win in football. In order to do those things, and like I said about problems being skilled, being quick, being strong, You've got to make a commitment as a school, as a team, as a player, as parents, to really hit this weight training program hard. You know, if you want to be successful, I've been able to travel around throughout the state, see different schools. You've got to have one, a top-notch weight room. I've seen around here, the two best I've seen are Providence, who's in, they're still building their school, but they've got an outstanding thing going from what, uh, their athletic directors told me about, and Madison. Now, you know what, Madison didn't have a very good year in football. That doesn't translate to that. But if they can build upon what they have, they have up there going, their weight room is outstanding, Matt. And they have a weight room that weight rooms can't be the weight rooms we were in with universal machines off to the side and a couple of motivational things on the wall and a dry race board where you put down who's lifting 150 pounds. What you have to do, we've got to have programs where the coaches are designed toward that sport, are designed to be an all-around all better athlete. You've got to have coaches who are dedicated to that year-round. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, we're off fall break. That's a whole week that kids aren't in the weight room. Not get if you're on vacation, but if you're in Charlestown and we've got a weight, weight training coach, he should be in that weight room every day during fall break having kids come in. I think schools got to make equipment. One, the facilities. They've got to make a, a commitment to a facilities. They've got to make equip, uh, a um, commitment to a strength coach. And a strength coach is not a, you know, not a certain coach, whether it's a, a tennis coach who's coaching weights. A strength coach is someone who has as much passion about the weight room as that tennis coach has about being out on the tennis court. You've got to have that passion every day to want to be in the weight room, to see kids improve. You've got to let kids see what they have to improve. I went to Brownsburg, Matt. I went to Mooresville. Every one of them have an iPad on the rack that they 
schools that excel in, in multiple sports here in the area, but strength and conditioning and the weight room and those related facilities and reconstructing that program and uh, the tactics they use. You mentioned uh, in today's day to motivate kids is a lot different than days of the past. I think that is an outstanding topic. If you're really into high school sports and you really want to see your community uh, stay at the forefront, strength and conditioning programs uh, are a huge part of that. And Brownstown, uh, who actually the next topic I want to bring up with you here today, I know they've always been known for a great weight program uh, for all sports, for all students, and of course it's had lots of success when it comes to basketball, boys and girls, football, volleyball, and other sports uh, very consistently uh, at a high level at Brownstown. And Chad, speaking of Brownstown, I saw an announcement last week. All of their home games are sold out. The visiting schools will have a allotment of tickets to sell. But as far as home tickets and expecting to get in Brownstown Braves games this year, uh, that community has already stepped up. There's, there's not going to be uh, many, if any, availabilities to get in those ball games. Well, you know, Matt, one thing on Brownstown, they, they are in the 2A level right now in football and basketball. But Brownstown, you know, they don't spread their athletes too thin. You know, when you get in that level and you have a lot of different sports, Brownstown doesn't have wrestling, Brownstown doesn't have swimming, Brownstown doesn't have soccer. Where, our, where those kids, you know, soccer at Charlestown takes about 35 kids that could possibly be football players playing soccer. That uh, now we're at eight, uh, 860 kids up here now, so that's not a issue now because we do have enough numbers on that one. But if we're at a school with 500 kids, that starts to pull a little bit. Brownstown has kept some things at bay with that one, and, and they've been able to focus on the volleyball, the different sports that they have, and be very, very good at them. Uh, but for them being sold out, I mean, you've got Jack Benner. I mean, you, you put, you know, I know we talk about like Damon Belly. I would think in the Mid-Southern Conference, Jack's going to have that type of pool with him. He's going to have that Romeo pool. He's going to have that uh, Damon pool. You've got someone who's playing, averaged 25 the last two years, who's playing for a team, or who's committed to a team, excuse me, who has a chance to win a national championship this year, Matt. He's not, you know, he's not committed to Purdue. Ah, it's another Purdue year. It's another Indiana. He's got a time that he's going to commit. He's committed to a team that has a great chance to win the NCAA this year. For Southern Indiana to have that opportunity, I hope everyone goes out and sees Brownstown, whether it's at Charlestown this year, we're hosting this year, whether it's at Brownstown or anything else, because kids like that don't come around all the time. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with us Mondays. We talk local sports. Chad, great to catch up. We're almost to Thanksgiving. High school basketball is here. Talk with you next week, my friend. Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Appreciate it very much. That's going to wrap things up for our Monday show. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.